Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 137 of the Hawks Hawk Podcast and all things Atlanta Hawks Podcast, hosted by two lifelong Hawks fans. As always, I'm Jackson, joined today by my lovely co-host, Logan. Logan, as always, how are you? If I had a lighter, I'd be ing it up. The the beam streak, Kevin Herter, DeMontis Sabonis, they're all in a pack, Jackson. De'Aaron Fox, light it up. Light up the beam. Light up the beam. I, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, hopping on the Kings bandwagon. Yo, where are y'all at now? Y'all chose that side. Stay over there. What? You can't. You stay over there. Don't hop off the bandwagon now. But um, yeah, we are recording this after the Hawks win over the Sacramento Kings. The Hawks won 115 to 106. Now, Logan, the first thing I want to say, and before I say anything else on the podcast is, that score does not represent, like, this game was, the Hawks were in control from the very start, pretty much, but... The Hawks just really weren't able to put it away, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think the they got Kings to like the, at any point. Yeah, they did, and like I don't even think the Kings got it to like less than like a six point game at any point. I remember like six was the lowest they got the Hawks lead to, but I mean, the Hawks just weren't able to put it away, honestly. But the score probably doesn't tell the full story of the game. This was not that close to a game. That's a nine point game. It was, it it was never that close. I mean, there was high anxiety moments, but with the Hawks at this point, you know, we get to the fourth quarter. I feel like we're all just conditioned to feel that way, but. Yeah, Logan. Um, let's talk about the first thing, probably the most important thing. Uh, this was the Kevin Herter return to Atlanta. It's no secret that Kevin Turner has probably been like top three things in terms of like controversy in the Hawks fan base. I mean, there's people, you know, everybody, especially like lately, has been you know talking about him because he's had a phenomenal start to the season shooting the ball. Uh, so a lot of people were looking forward to seeing Kevin again. A lot of people were saying that they hope Kevin beat the Hawks. There's Hawks fans who are saying this, so I'm not trying to call anybody out Reddit. Um, there were some people on Reddit, you know, looking there saying like, oh, I hope Kevin beats us. I hope he has a great game and beats us. It's like, nah, <laughs> respectfully, absolutely not. I'll never cheer for any other player to beat my team. So, I mean, that's just me personally. Uh, it's kind of weird behavior if you do that. So, But this was the return of Kevin Herter, Logan. And uh, look, I'm going to be frank. I just want to get this out there. I still, I still feel very confident in my last evaluation I did of Kevin Herter when we initially traded him to the Kings. I still feel as confident as I do now as it, I did then. I, I don't think he's a different player or anything, really. He still has a lot of like the same flaws and strength that he had in Atlanta. Like Obviously, he's not going to change a lot, but with like such like a production and efficiency increase, like people want to talk like, was he this good in Atlanta or was he not? He's still the same player that he was in Atlanta to me. He's just getting more opportunity in Sacramento. And that's pretty much how it goes. And, you know, call it copium or whatever. That opportunity went to the with Atlanta, you know, especially after we got DeJounte Murray. I mean, like John Collins is like the fourth option now. And realistically, I mean, Kevin is at best, what, the sixth, the sixth best scoring option behind the five starters. And I mean, maybe uh, even behind bogey. It depends if you count John as a scoring option. <laughs> I mean, initially before the season started, we did, but, uh, yeah, no, the John Collins saga, it has... Uh, we'll, well get to him. The Jace. We'll get to him. Okay. Hey. But yeah, I don't know. The Kevin Herter return, uh, I mean, to be fair, it didn't go very well for him. He lost. He didn't have like a noteworthy game. I mean, he didn't play bad, to be fair. I mean, he shot pretty much... I think he shot like one one shot below 50%, but he almost did foul out. And uh, I mean, it wasn't the, uh, the uh, Kevin Herter sticking it to the Hawks front office and ownership type game that... Uh, a lot of people were hoping it would be. I mean, look, Kevin Herter is not a a victim of anything. He got traded. That happens to dozens uh, of players every year. Like he got a perfectly fair, um, you could argue at the time, maybe a little bit generous contract. Either way, like he he and his agency agreed to the contract. He got traded. Just people act like the king, like Sacramento is that bad. It's not like he got traded to fucking Istanbul, like. He's still in the NBA, you know what I mean? And look, I, I I mean, every single Hawks fan should love Kevin Herter for what he did for us. Of course, really, just especially talking about Game 7 there, because um, that was that was obviously just a turning point in the franchise, and, and he is pivotal in there. But the, uh, the rose-tinted glasses with Herter has been very annoying for me <laughs> um, the past, I don't know, I guess really this whole season. I mean... Brad Rowland, I mean, respect to him, but he will, like, three times a week, he'll tweet, like, when Kevin Herter plays well, he'll basically tweet, like, I'm not going to say anything, and it's like, Brad, you're saying a thing, 
Stares blankly. Yeah, like you're saying a thing, Brad. You're <laughs> you're not saying nothing. You're you're alluding to Kevin Herter. Um, <laughs> like you know, just just you know, just say it. Say it with your chest, Brad. Just say, ah, dumbass Hawks fans, look at this. Like I don't know. Anyway, look, I'm not like stomping on Kevin Herter's great. Like yeah, he lost whatever. He had that quote. Um, I think on the radio show he was like, I hope we beat him by fifty. Which like that's fine. That's nothing to be upset about. I would imagine every athlete wants to beat the other team by 50, like every time. But, you know, if he had any sort of personal beef, frankly, that's too bad because the Kings looked pretty crappy all, all game. Um, I actually looked it up. They did lead for one possession um, in, early in the first quarter. That was it. They didn't lead at any point. Um, they were down by as much as 19, I think, in the second half. They did cut the lead a bit, but it never got below six or seven. Um, the Kings couldn't shoot. That's like their whole hallmark this year is, De'Aaron Fox was shooting the lights out. Kevin Herter, obviously. The role players, Terrence Davis, Malik Monk, they were shooting the lights out. Um, and they were playing at a fast pace. And frankly, tonight, end of a back-to-back, like they looked like they had no legs. They shot worse from three than us. Than us, the Atlanta Hawks, the 2022 Atlanta Hawks. They shot worse from three than us. And they, uh, they turned the ball over, I think, 19 times. Something absurd. They made a lot of dumb mistakes. They're a younger team. Um, so... Look, they, they didn't play well. The Hawks played better, even with their really bad offensive struggles in the second half. The Hawks basically did what you would hope they do in a game like this. They controlled the, like they controlled the tempo with good defense, especially on the perimeter. Nobody really... I mean, the only guy that really was beating them was Malik Monk, and he wasn't really efficient. He was sort of just volume shooting, um, which Malik, Malik Monk, that's what he does. Um, Sabonis, like, he didn't do anything special. De'Aaron Fox was really limited in the first half. They, like, we did a great job with him. DeJounte defended him well. Um, Aaron Hall, they did for a bit. Kevin Herter, like, he had a fine night. I think he, he shot three of seven from three. I think he put up 13 points. But, again, that's, like, the, the that, like that's the quintessential um, Atlanta Hawks, Kevin Herter stat, like, is only if he missed one more. Like, if he, if he shot three of eight and put up 13 points, I'd be like, that's a Kevin Herter I remember. He shot three of seven. So, like, not a big difference. I don't know. The Kings just, you could tell they are tired. Um, they had a seven-game win streak. The Hawks just ended it. Um, the Hawks moved to 11-7 and seven because... Frankly, in the first half, they were dominant on offense. They got anything they wanted. They put up like 72, 76 points, something like that in the first half. It's slow. I mean, it screeched to a halt in the second half, but this, they were still able to create enough mayhem on defense and, and frankly, get to the line, hit their free throws. And that was the difference. I mean, the Hawks are just the better team. The Hawks are the better team, in my opinion, but the Kings have that sort of gear that they can go into on offense that the Hawks don't. But, I mean, that's the thing. That's sort of the identity of the Hawks now is they have a solid enough defense where they're not going to let teams enter that maximum gear very frequently. Like, against the Celtics, oh, yeah, they <laughs> they, they went into a gear that they didn't even know the car had against us. But uh, the Kings, they looked very human against us. And, look, the Hawks played pretty well. Obviously, the offense sucked for the second half. But, look, a uh, nine-point win that really could have been, like, a 12, 15-point win. You feel pretty good about it. We got Houston. On Friday in Houston, um, that's you know another one you sh- you feel like you should win. You certainly want to. So, um, my overarching thought, Jackson, is for the most part the the sort of stretch of schedule of hell is over. Um, the last like thirteen games have been really against almost entirely good teams. I think uh, the only like not good team was the 76ers, who were still mostly healthy at the time, and the New York Knicks, who I think were at five hundred at the time. So we've had like a very tough 13 game stretch and we've gone seven and six. We've pretty much alternated wins and loss losses the past week or two. And look, that's not like beautiful. It's not, you know, making you think, holy crap, we're championship contenders. But the, the team has done what it's needed to do most nights and it's winning basketball. And at the end of the day, and it doesn't have to be sexy, but a win is a win. And hopefully we can get another streak going starting Friday. So I don't know. The Kevin Herter stuff, I'm not even trying to pay too much attention because like, the Kevin Herter rose-tinted glasses nerds can just sort of hold hold the L tonight because <laughs> he looked very normal, very human. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just read your your message about the Hawks, so that was very funny. Props on that. But anyways, yeah, I mean, tonight was a good win for the Hawks. I do want to say this, and you know, I love to give out my little boxing references on the podcast and make little analogies about them when it comes to the Hawks. Uh, the Kings, they kind of strike me, Logan, as you know, a young and upcoming boxer who's been punching above his weight, and now that he faced off against a true heavyweight, I mean, you saw what happened. 
frankly, the Hawks, you know, the Hawks KO'd him. That's how it went. I do want to say, though, like, obviously the Kings came off of, like, a back-to-back, a traveling back-to-back as well. It was only Memphis to Atlanta, though. So let's not act like they're flying coast-to-coast or anything. I have some hater energy right now Mm. flowing through my veins. So I just want to say this, though. Like, you can say the tired lick things when it comes to, like, the shooting and the turnovers and stuff. But, like, I feel like that really discredits the Hawks. Like, I will say a lot of it always has to do with players being tired. I mean, fatigue's a real thing, you know, especially for NBA players. They play at the highest level of basketball in the world. They're constantly running up and down the court and, you know, jumping and all that. So, I can't, you know, they were fatigued, tired legs and all that. But, like, the Hawks played really good defense tonight, in my opinion. I mean, Capella, like, I'm just saying it really is a blessing that, for the Kings at least, that more centers don't have, like, you know, they kind of transition towards more like a modern center. Like, Capella, like, I was watching that game, Logan. Mm -hmm. And Kings fans, you probably want to turn off the podcast if you're listening to this. I just can't help but think about, like, it was such a mistake for the Kings to do two things. One of those is trade for Sabonis. I mean, they traded Halliburton for him. And, like, I'm not, like, a Halliburton's a superstar guy, but he's just good. I think, I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not a fan of the Sabonis archetype. I'll just keep it real. But And then uh, Keegan Murray, he was awful. Like, really, yeah. really bad. Like, I remember people were talking about how, like, you know, there was some stuff about how, like, the Kings wanted John Collins at the deadline. I mean, not the deadline, at the tra- the draft last year, but they were also content with just taking Keegan Murray because they thought that, like, they had similar skill sets and they could get similar production. I'm just saying, like, Keegan Murray was really bad tonight. I was not impressed. I will say this, though. I can't make, like, these conclusions. I don't watch the Kings. I only watch the Hawks. So that's just my conclusion for tonight's game. It could have just been a bad night for them both. But anyways, the Hawks played really good defense tonight. And you got to give some love. To uh to Trey Young, give him his flowers on defense. People obviously had a great offensive game, but look, all I'm saying is he had the Kevin Herter matchup, and you know Kevin Herter he moves a ton off ball. We know that that's how he's getting a majority of his shots in Sacramento. And Trey was not only staying with him, Trey wasn't getting faked out. Trey wasn't getting killed on the screens. I mean, Trey was sticking with him the entire game. I think there was like one three that Kevin hit where Trey was the current assignment on him. So I just want to give a big shout out to Trey for that. That's something that we've always talked about is like the defense, and in particular, like. If you're going to be a guy who just, you know, gets stuck onto someone who's not like an on-ball creator type guy, you have to be able to stick with them on the perimeter. You have to be able to chase them all night long, not get caught on the uh, screens and whatnot. And Trey did more than a good job of that. He did a great job at it, to be honest. Kevin Herter was frazzled. He couldn't shake Trey. And, you really, I mean, it reflects in the box score. I mean, Kevin had to work for his shots, his shots that he got tonight. And this wasn't a game in, like, in a lot of Sacramento's games where – you know, the ones that I have watched that like with them been on national TV and stuff where Kevin's, you know, he's getting like he's like wide open shots because of how, you know, the Kings movement and whatnot. So props to Trey, props to Capella. Um, Capella had a good game down low on Sabonis. I mean, Sabonis was pretty much a non-factor at offense, honestly, um, which is I don't know. It's, it's interesting how different of centers they are. But Capella definitely had the matchup tonight that was very favorable towards him. Sabonis wasn't a factor on offense and like on. On defense, Sabonis, I mean, he was getting cooked. Capella was, I mean, he's Capella's been in this recent good form, Logan, as uh, the the football fans would say. And, uh, I mean, he's been he's been finishing around the rim, and it continued tonight because, I mean, in the early stages of the game, the Hawks really were looking for Capella down low, saying, all right, you get on Sabonis. And, like, I mean, Capella's putting in that work. He was hitting the shots that you expect him to hit. And he was doing, you know, he did well tonight, I just want to say. So, shout out to those two. Those were the biggest things. Um... Next thing was, I was really impressed by the youth movement of this team, Logan. The future, as a SpongeBob episode would say, um, AJ Griffin, he continues to look good. Um, Take on AJ Griffin. The more, if you watch this game and like you watch it objectively, take off the rose colored glasses. This game really does show you why, you know, the Hawks, I mean, it's been confirmed. Kirshner confirmed it. I mean, shout out to Kirshner, who's, you know, a Yankees writer now. And then, like, earlier this week, he's like, Oh, yeah, the front office didn't make the Herder trade. It was the ownership. who They wanted the duck luxury tax. We've known that, but now it's been, like, officially confirmed by someone who we, like, know has sources. So, But um, you watch this game, and my point is, take off the rose-colored glasses. You'll really see why Kevin was the odd man out, and he was the, and he was the one who got traded for luxury tax purposes and why it wasn't someone like, you know, John or Capella or somebody like that. Because, I mean, he, he's not good on defense. <laughs> he's pretty bad on defense tonight. I mean, Trey was... Whenever he got switched on the trade, Trey was getting anything at will, and he was just not good off the ball either. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to say that. And A.J. Griffin, he looks like – I mean, he he looks what? better than Herder. Like, let's just keep it real for this we, stage of his career. I'm a big fan. We can be real. 
AJ Griffin is a 19 year old that like I don't think we have to be bullish. He like he's gonna have uh, a bad game or two like soon. Like he's gonna have a game where he shoots like one of eight. Um, it's just not going down. Um, in the game against the Cavs, basically due to unfortunate circumstances, DeAndre Hunter missed that game. He was sick. Um, un- like fortunately, AJ Griffin got the start. Unfortunately, he had to defend an all-star guard pretty much the entire time he was on the court, which that's not a good matchup for him. Um, just sort of unfortunately how the lineup crumbled like that that night. But look, he's going to have a bad night eventually. But AJ Griffin, I don't think we have to be bullish. He looks really, really good. Because um, the thing is, Jackson, if he was just moving around off ball and then, oh, he, he gets a, a back screen and he gets to just – catch and shoot a, a corner three and he was making two of five of those every game that that alone would be valuable just to have some shooting because shooting cheap shooting because he'll be on a rookie contract for four years that's always valuable the fact is he's making his own shots he's dribbling he did have a, a gross turnover tonight but it is what it is um the handle isn't perfect obviously but you know whatever he's a rookie he's making his own shot he's comfortable with shooting Mid-range floaters. He went to the. He goes to the line. I don't know if he's missed a free throw this year. Obviously, it's small sample, but the free throw um, looks good. The three-point shot. If his feet are set, you can pretty much put three points on the board as soon as it leaves his fingertips. It's just like we have a fucking player. I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to curse. I'm not supposed to curse. I forget. This I is forget. a PG-13 podcast, Logan. We got a freaking player, guys. We got a gosh darn player. <laughs> um. And, like, we can also be real here. I don't think he'll be that bad on defense. Now, I'm not saying he'll be Kawhi Leonard. I don't think he'll be Kawhi Leonard. But it's not, a, it's not like, I don't know. It's not ridiculous. It's, it's not ridiculous. It's not ridiculous to say that. It's not ridiculous to say that he will be completely playable next to Trae Young in the future. Like, I think that's completely viable. With DeJounte there, with Hunter there, which, um, you know, Again, Hunter has his own issues, but you kind of wonder how a Trey DeJounte, AJ, DeAndre Hunter at the four, Capella slash a Congo lineup would look. If, if if DeAndre was just a little bit less soft and was a little bit, like, I guess a substantially better rebounder, that'd really be a fun lineup. But maybe in a year or two, we'll see. But, like, look, AJ Griffin, he's just, he's looking really good. Uh, all the Nate haters, y'all can admit now that Nate has played this very well like he, he's fully in the rotation now he's basically knocked no logan you mean the guy who's been around the nba's since his 20s knows what he's doing oh my god <laughs> he's basically I mean, knocked. he's played this Justin situation Holland. well i mean he's knocked him out of the rotation pretty much uh like nate nate did it basically within the first 12 15 games and this is a guy that was drafted 16th and he's a teenager and Nate wasn't that stubborn. There, In my mind, there was one game where Nate made a mistake with AJ Griffin. It was that 76ers lost. That was a game that AJ should have played a lot because the 76ers had one damn guard that was going to threaten you. And, like, obviously just don't have AJ guard Maxi for that much. Like, as little as you possibly can. And Nate dropped the ball there. But, like, I don't know. It's just, it's looking very good. He's, he's one, he's developing well. He's just getting minutes. He's getting touches. He's getting shots. Two, he's learning winning basketball because he's on a good team and he's learning he's on a good defensive team. You, like you guys don't think that'll help him learn how to play defense better? Like of course it will. Imagine if he was on the 2019 Hawks. <laughs> he would look like Kevin Herter on defense. He would look like Trey on defense. It would, you know, you gotta learn good habits from guys like Hunter, John, for all his offensive struggles. The help defense is great with John, Capella, the Holiday brothers. It's important for AJ to get that. And, like, I don't know. I know I've been talking about AJ for basically three minutes now. I wasn't even expecting it. But he is looking like a starter in the league within basically by his rookie contract. I don't want to say all-star. That's getting ahead of myself. But he's looking like a phenomenal pick. Anyway, I forgot where I started with this. I'm not sure where I was going with this. But I don't think any Hawks fan is going to be upset with AJ Griffin uh, worship hour. So, anyway, um, yeah, really excited about AJ. Played good off the bench. Had a really important three um, in the fourth quarter. Really good ball movement um, on that play. He's he's just he's looking like a very all around good player. Obviously, the defense is behind the, the offense, but like, man, it's it's easy to get excited, and it opens up so many opportunities for us. Like, Bogey will be back by in December. I'm I'm calling my shot. Bogey will be back in December, and I think that bench is gonna. 
completely transform when you have two guys like that that can shoot with either Trey or DeJounte playing with them. I think it's going to, it's going to be really good. Like it's really going to help us avoid these sort of dry stretches on offense, which we seem to get every game or every other game tonight. It almost cost us like there was, I mean, really most of the second half, I think Brad tweeted, we shot like four of 23 from two in the second half or something absolutely ridiculous free throws and a couple very timely threes saved us. But yeah, um, AJ bogey. That's looking like a phenomenal guard pairing off the bench. And look, I'm not saying he's taking Hunter's job because I don't think that is what's going to happen. But AJ Griffin looks like he could be starting in the league by next year and like doing a very good job. at. You know what I mean? It's, it's very impressive. It's, it's hard not to be bullish on it. Like it's very hard to not get ahead of myself and be like, Oh my God, we got an all-star. You know what I mean? So I guess, I guess one thing Jackson, before I move on to a new topic, cause this has literally been five minutes now. What do you think about like a Chris Middleton comp for AJ Griffin? I'm, I'm getting that sort of vibe. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I feel like that's pretty fair. I did want to say this though. I've seen a few more, few people talking about it and I can attest to it as well. AJ Griffin, and you even talked about it earlier. Like AJ Griffin genuinely does look like a lot better of a defender than he did at Duke. So I feel like the Chris Middleton comp is a lot more valid now than it was like preseason or draft night. The, the, because he's, I mean, he's really not a bad defender. And I'm, I don't know. I've been very impressed with AJ. He's, he's, he's a, it, he's a hell of a talent. It's very nice to have. It's it's good to see that, you know, Schlink has been drafting well. I do want to say this, though, Logan. Can we talk about Jalen Johnson? Reports of his demise were greatly exaggerated. He had a really good game tonight. I mean, yep. just want to give JJ his flowers. He, I mean, he's probably, like at this point, the best dunker on the team. It doesn't seem like John Collins ever dunks. Um, it doesn't seem like John Collins ever does anything good for this team anymore, <laughs> frankly. But yeah, He is pretty solid against Cleveland, at least. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, good game for JJ. I was, I will say anything else on that. You know, I don't want to spoil JJ's moment, but he, he looked good tonight. He had some big plays in the second quarter. I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the second quarter. I think he hit like made three or four shots in rows. Well, not like for the team, but you know, he he was like four or five or something. He JJ was pretty good. Um, and two of them were sick dunks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Jalen is a very skilled player in transition. You can tell he just has a. He has a unique skill set for the Hawks. Like we're very used to having our power forwards be John Collins types, um, Gallo types, where they're not, you know, blazing you, dribbling past you. Jalen Johnson, he has some speed and length, and you know, in transition, honestly, get in the ball, and I think he'll get downhill and get a bucket or a draw foul. Um, that's definitely his best skill set right now. He's he's look he's been pretty good on, on ISO defense. The offense comes and goes. He he actually played pretty darn well against the Cavs as well. I think he hit two threes, um, which considering how our power forward shooting has been this year, that's huge. Um, yeah, so I guess it is fair to give Jalen Johnson some love. He's not looking, you know, he's not ahead of the curve like AJ is, but Jalen Johnson still, he, he can be a very useful player. But um, He's the future of the power forward for the Hawks. I honestly don't know if I necessarily agree because I don't I don't know if I'd agree with it either fully. Like but, I will say, as as the current roster, I think it is, and that has more to do with the yeah, fact that sure. I think a certain someone's on their way out. I feel like the actual like starter of the Hawks for the upcoming years. Um, he uh, he plays in Washington. Uh, he plays for the Wizards. Um, he's won a championship before. I think you know what I'm doing. What I'm talking about Logan. Did Porzingis win a championship in Europe or something? Is that who you're talking about? No, I'm talking about Kuzma. Come on, I know. No. I'm joking. I'm joking. But okay. I was I, like, geez. No, I know. But um, I don't know. It's interesting because lineup flexibility is important in the NBA. You know, having five hard set starters, obviously it's nice. Like, I think other than injuries and, and Hunter's illness um, game, we've basically ran the same starting five every other game, right? Trey, DeJounte, Hunter, JC, uh, CC. But... I don't know. You you sort of wonder, which I'm I know we'll get to this very soon with the John Collins stuff. Depending on that trade, if it happens, when it happens, what we get back, like you wonder if they try Hunter at the four for an extended period and and run AJ at the three. Essentially, you know, you wonder how much you sacrifice there. But um, I think that could be a viable lineup in a year or two. Um, you know, but not right now. Um, before we get to the John Collins stuff, I just I do want to talk uh, briefly about two things. One, the Cleveland game, it is what it is. Like we're not talking about it much because it's not fresh in our minds. But 
Um, without Hunter, that was a really tough assignment for us. It just is what it is. The reason they won is their two star guards just shot really well, particularly in the first half. And that was just basically enough. Um, we couldn't, and Trey and DeJounte just couldn't hit a shot in the second half. That's sort of how that went. Um, not much to it. it. They're a good team. Tough to win on the road there. Um, and Trey Young tonight against the Kings. Trey Young was phenomenal. Extremely good. Jackson already touched on him being pretty good on defense, but offensively, the numbers speak for himself. I think he put up 33. He shot very efficiently, um, made, made four threes. I think he had seven or eight assists. Not too many turnovers. Was honestly carving up the Kings defense, got more or less whatever he wanted. Um, a very vintage Trey Young game. Just very good shooting. The floater is working. Everything was working. He was getting doubled for a vast majority of the night, and even though you know, passing it out to John Collins wasn't really working uh, to relieve that double pressure. He he was still just able to maneuver it perfectly. Scored the ball with these, made some good passes, as he always does. Trey was super good tonight. He's been very good the last four or five games. Um, knock on wood, the slump, you know. If anything, I'm... He owned that speed merchant, De'Aaron Fox. Let's yeah. just call it what it is. Speed merchant goon. <laughs> he, I, he, he, does usually, <laughs> Jesus, he does usually play well against the Kings. Um, but, you know, maybe his three-point shooting... Is coming back, but I think we can comfortably say that the floater and the mid-range stuff is coming back, um, is back for Trey. Now it's just you know let's see let's let's see some like back-to-back good three-point shooting games like <laughs> that'd be really nice to see from Trey. But uh, Trey is phenomenal. Now Jackson, you can talk whatever you want about the uh, the win tonight against the Kings, but look, we got the we got the cloud looming overheads and it's Sean Collins stuff. Oh, so. I'm ready. Oh, I am ready, ladies want, and gentlemen. Um, you want to get straight into that, or you got anything you want to say about the Kings? Oh, shout out to Aaron DeHolliday. He had those two clutch threes. Yep, yep. They were like at like timely moments. I just want to say that. I know yep, like the Holiday yep. brothers. I mean, they kind of, uh, the pendulum has kind of swung because at one I, point Nate McMillan got all the hate and now it's the Holiday brothers getting all the hate. And one I, of them doesn't even play. He just stands around. So I may, I may have said that the Holiday brothers are not seeing heaven on, on Monday. And I'm sorry for that. Aaron Holiday played pretty good tonight against uh, the Kings. It, I think he had two or three threes. Both he of also them. had a few steals. We forced a lot of turnovers tonight. That was big as well. It goes back to my thing about how the Hawks played great defense. Like this wasn't just a case of the Kings having tired legs. I mean, the Hawks, the Hawks. This is one of those games where they came out and they wanted to win, and they probably should have won by like twenty plus, but they just couldn't like buy a bucket in the fourth and like the third, late late third that is. But yeah, shout out to those two. Um, anybody else? A Congo played like a fine. I didn't really notice anything, so I don't have anything to say. Capella played well again. He's been, you know, you already mentioned that, but yes, he's in, he's in top form. He's in top form, but um, he's legitimately been awesome for like I don't know, like the almost past ten or mo- so games. The majority of our games, basically, like realistically, yeah. he's only had two or three bad ones, and then a couple of mediocre ones. Capella, look, knock on wood, he stays healthy. Capella, you know Jackson, you know how for basically two years now, I've basically been back and forth on Capella. Oh, we need to trade him. Okay, maybe not yet. Okay, it's time to trade him. Okay, maybe not yet. Capella is making me look dumb because the way he's playing right now, if he can stay healthy and stay in this form, you just let him play out his contract. <laughs> and you're like, sorry, Akongu. I know you. I know you deserve to start, but like, sorry, man. <laughs> like, Capella is just hey, still very good. I'm not gonna sit here. I don't feel. I still don't feel like oh, starting with. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I do. Like I, I feel like he's still uh, some time away from that. But that's just me personally. I, I feel like, I feel like Akongu needs to keep developing and blossoming into that role before you throw him into the fire like that. But uh, yeah, let's yeah. let's talk about the John Collins stuff first. Do you want to talk about? The stories about him, or you want to talk about tonight's game first? Which woo, one do you want to go with? Let's, let's talk about tonight's game. Uh, John Collins blows. It was probably the worst game of his career. Blows. Like, let's just call it what it is. Like, I've seen pretty much oh, every game since John Collins has been a rookie. And, like, that was the 2017-2018 year where there was some truly awful basketball. And everybody knows about those ones because we had the black and gold city jerseys. Yeah, are we in a big three of John Collins, Torian Prince, and Dennis Schroeder? So, oh, God. just... Yeah, just think about that one for a minute. But I genuinely think tonight was, I think this was rock bottom for John Collins because I don't know how it can get worse from here, Logan. It was, to say he had a bad game would honestly be saying it lightly. He was truly horrendous. He he played for the Kings tonight. No, this game wasn't close because of like the Hawks, you know, being bad. Like obviously like 75% of it had to do with the fact that the Hawks couldn't put him away. They couldn't buy a bucket. The other 25% is this game isn't close if John Collins doesn't have a game like he had tonight. And I know I'm being rude, but I don't know. Somebody can got to say it. I'm not, I'm not going to be like one of the people who gets on here and lies to you. And I just want to say it. 
to all the people, I'm gonna call out a few Hulk's media members. Nothing but love to y'all. I'm not trying to, you know, come at y'all like this. It's just my opinion. And as a fan, I want to say this. You, John Collins can you can say he's getting all the good looks. I'll tell you why he's getting the good looks. It's because teams know they're checking the scouting reports. They're seeing him play. They know he's shooting like one of the worst shooters in the league right now. That's why he's getting good looks and because teams are intentionally leaving him open. They know we can't hit a shot. Like we got to call it what it is, people. He's taking good shots. Yes, he's getting good looks. Yes, but those good looks aren't because of his actual like skill. It's simply because teams know, oh, I'd rather take the 20% three-point shooter. And all of those attempts are like on catch and shoot wide open shots. Like, yeah. let's not act like John Collins out here taking step backs or Trey Young range shots. These are all, you know, these are hittable, you know, 40 plus percent should be three-point shots that are catch and shoot standing still. And I don't know. It's rock bottom really for me with John Collins. And it's really frustrating because I mean, straight up tonight, it's just like unacceptable. Three of twelve from the field, zero of seven from the from the three. Those turnovers. And it re- yeah, and the turnovers are especially bad. I remember like there was a sequence in the third where John like missed two threes, and then a couple of possessions later, he drove into the paint, had an offensive foul. He had three turnovers, and uh, I just I don't know, man. He was really bad tonight. You, we all talk about his rebound. He had three rebounds. He was behind Dejounte and Capella Hunter. and Hunter for those, Hunter, and like. I mean, it's just not like John's not a passer, so I'm not gonna get him uh, get him on about that. But like, he's just I don't know. There's something wrong. I feel like that just needs to be said. Whether it's the finger, whether there's something more going on, you know. The thing is, is like it could be very easy for me to just like sit here and just like I'm admittedly frustrated with John Collins, but like I genuinely do want to see him do better. Like I know I hate on him. I know I make jokes at him at his expense. I do that about all our players. Like I'm I'm not here to like you know, be that fan who just never says anything negative or doesn't, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to sit here and joke on other team players, I'm gonna do it to my own too. That's just how it is. But like, I want John Collins to be better. And it's frustrating because it's getting to that point, Logan, to where I don't know if it's going to happen. Like, is is he just magically going to wake up one day and, you know, the finger thing is, I, I I genuinely feel like that's directly what's bothering the shooting. Like, is he just going to wake up one day and that element was fingers just going to be gone? It's like, I don't think he's going to wake up one day. Is it something that can be fixed? It's like, yeah, but it's like, we aren't rebuilding, like we aren't developing. We don't have time for guys to, you know, oh, okay, you know, take six months off, fix your shit. Like we we need to win now. We made the win now move with DeJounte. That was that's when we officially like cashed in our, our chips. Like there's no more, you know, going back to all right, you we're gonna sit you so you can rest and hopefully figure out your shooting again. Like and and f- the four position is truthfully our weakest position on the team. So like John especially can't do it. Like we can't start Jalen Johnson right now. He's too raw. Like Jalen has good moments, but like he still has I mean, he's basically a rookie. Yeah, it's bad moments. Too. He still has, <laughs> he still has, he still has those. Yeah, he still has a lot of bad moments. There's more. I mean, I'm just gonna say it. There's more bad moments than there are good moments with JJ right now, and that's just kind of how it is. But I don't know. That's why, like, it's so frustrating with me for John Collins. It's because, like, I don't see like a fix that's realistic other than at this point trading him. And I, I, I don't know. It's like he's the longest tenured hawk. It's like JC. He's a fan favorite because he does he does such cool stuff. It's like. He can be a productive and like really efficient player. And we all know that. And like at some point, like we, we can't sit here and defend him and say he needs to play down low more. Like John has to be able to shoot the ball. We have Capella. Capella's not going anywhere. And Capella's especially not going anywhere considering how close him and Trey are. And Capella definitely isn't going anywhere considering how good Capella's been this year. So I, I feel like, you know, if, a few podcasts ago, Logan, I pitched the idea of like a Miles Turner trade. Me personally, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not moving Capella at this point. I know things might change, so this isn't, yeah. you know, something where I'm sticking to my guns on this, you know. At the, when we get close to the trade deadline, we're doing trade podcasts or something. But like, at this point, like, John truly does seem like the only way things are going to get better for the Hawks is by trading him. Like, I don't, I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and say it can't happen. I'm not going to sit here and say it won't happen. You know, especially with the Hawks talk jinx knowing our luck and knowing how things go with the Hawks talk jinx. John Collins is going to start shooting 50% from three on 16 attempts a game. Very very soon here. And I'd gladly be wrong. I don't care about being right. I care more. I'd rather see what benefits the Hawks and the Hawks win than being right. I, I you know, we've been doing this long enough. You probably know. I, we don't care about being right. We just... That's just we give our thoughts. So if, I'm, I'm not here if to. We can't about being right. We would have shut up a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Though it's like I will gladly be wrong about any of our players I slander. But yeah, that's just my take on the John concept. I feel like it's. I feel like the water is. You you know before like the water boils out of the pan, Logan. I mean the pot, not the pan. And you're like, oh gosh, it's gonna like boil over here soon. I I feel like we're truly at this point. This is rock bottom, Logan. So I want to know how you feel about John Collins tonight, and then we'll we'll talk about the trade stuff because some stuff did come out. But yeah, you have the floor. I mean, look, 
Um, John Collins is a good basketball player. He, he, the the John Collins that we all have seen for uh, let's say the last two or three years, he was a versatile offensive weapon, very good in pick and roll, an amazing finisher in the paint, could shoot the elbow three, could shoot the three, like thirty five to thirty eight percent. There was I think two years he was in forty percent, not super high volume, but like you know one point five for every four and a half. Like that that was his game by game average. Like he was hitting one or two threes every game. Good on offense. The defense, like we can be real here. It's gotten better every year. He's a very good help defender now. No, he's not like gonna body up Joel Embiid or like some of the best. Like good Anthony Davis is still gonna cook John Collins because good Anthony Davis cooks everyone. Same thing with like Joel Embiid, Jokic, whatever. But he's a very good help defender. And when you have a guy like Capella, that's that that is useful. That is that that tandem creates a very difficult team like to score against in the paint that's a good defensive basis for the entire team he he has a lot of good habits um like we can be real here he seems like a very mature player and that i mean he's really been in the trade spotlight for two and a half three years now and only maybe now could you say it seems like it's affecting his play and even then it could just be a, a very bad slump it could be his finger it could be any any number of things john collins is a good player um if we're going to trade him for a not good return, wait till the offseason. Like, I would rather deal with bad John Collins for the rest of this year than, you know, get Jay Crowder and have him be our starting four for the rest of the year. That's that's my honest God opinion. I still prefer John Collins over Jay Crowder. <laughs> like, I'm not that far gone. Um, but if, if, if you can get a power forward that just does what John Collins is being asked to do right now, which is be on the perimeter, shoot, uh, you know, be like a, a like a valve for shooting, not super high volume, but just take four, maybe four threes a game, and then do a little bit of pick and roll stuff, and then play good help defense. If you can find a guy that can do that a little bit better, at least offensively, and maybe sacrifice some of the defense, it's probably worth it. A guy like Kyle, Kyle Kuzma, probably worth it. Laurie, Mar- uh, Laurie Markkinen, not gonna happen. Might be worth it. I still think Laurie Markkinen has a little bit of fraudulent t- uh, stuff going on this year, but whatever. Um, Kuzma, the thing is, he has a player option. He would probably decline it, and then you'd be back into, you know, Jesus. He's a he's a UFA now. Oh God, like we're we're kind of in trouble. We have to we have to sign him, or else we kind of screwed ourselves. So that's the thing there. Um, but yeah, it, we're clearly at a crossroads to an extent where if you if you want to get twenty five million dollars out worth of production out of John Collins, you have to move Capella. And Capella is way too important to this team to do that. And we have to be real here. This team cannot afford to waste cap space on a, a $25 million a year guy who's putting up very mediocre offensive numbers and isn't featured in the offense that much um, and can't hit the open threes that he does get, you know, basically handed to him right in his lap. He can't hit them. You can't do that because Tony Ressler seemingly does not want to touch the tax, at least not until he is like very confident that this team will make him a lot of money on playoff runs every year. You know what I mean? So it feels like right at a crossroads. It also feels kind of like it's more of the same, you know, teams are calling about John Collins. The Hawks are listening because Travis Schlenk knows like, Hey, my boss, <laughs> if I can say, if I can save money and, and, and keep the team mostly the same um, or like, uh, like winning wise, it's probably for the best. Cause that's how Tony wrestler is operating right now. He is not, He's not like Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer, endless cachet of money, just throw it into the wind. That Microsoft money goes absolutely different than most other owners in any sports. Um, it's 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 like Manchester United or Manchester City. Like it's just different. The the money there is different. Um, we don't have that. We're more like Leeds United, Jackson. We're a little bit more like Leeds United. <laughs> we don't have quite the same amount of money, but. Um, and everybody I, I, that's a fan of our team says to fire our head coach after every game. It really does work. What a great analogy. I don't even know who Leeds' coach is, but I just I just was thinking of like Jesse a, Marsh. He's the he's the only US coach in the Prim Logan. Go on then. I was just I was just thinking of a mid table Premier League team. Anyway, um look. The truth is I don't know what I think about John Collins other than he is struggling offensively right now and like he had a good game against Cavs. He three threes on five attempts or whatever. If he, if he could just shoot 35% from three, I think everyone would feel less 
it'd be less urgent feeling. I mean, that'd be almost double his three current three punches. That is the, that is the issue though. He's basically at twenty percent on decent volume. It's what like, is he at right now? I'm about to go look. I don't after tonight because you know he was like over six or over seven tonight. After tonight, it'll take another hit. It's just it's tough because this is not the John Collins we know. John Collins was slash is. I mean, John Collins is still a good player. Like, let's not you know let's not get lost in the hating sauce. Like, he's a good player. Twenty six point nine. It's probably going down to like 25 after tonight, maybe 24. So I think it's factoring. Yeah, it's factoring in tonight. So he's 26.9 oh, oh. after tonight. Okay. Okay. Uh, you can't have that. You, you really can't have that considering our center can't shoot and our shooting guard really is like a 30, 31% three point shooter. You just can't have that. And our point guard has <laughs> gotten off to a slow start. But, you know, it's Trey Young. So. Both of them. Both of them. Yeah. Well, so. not a slow start. One's just slumping now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I'm all over the place. The, the thing is, is that I can't think of a trade that both teams would do that makes sense. Would Kyle uh, Kuzma probably be better in the role John Collins? He would be better in the offensive role John Collins is. Absolutely. But you also get DeLon. You also get DeLon because the money works. Yeah, that, you know, DeLon Thank is... You. There DeLon, we go. DeLon December is 15th. December 15th. There you go. Laurie Markkinen. I don't think the Jazz are budging because... Guys, if you look at Laurie Markkinen's contract and his production, that is a a prime a prime asset. He's making like that is that's the Dejounte Murray type mismatch yeah, for real. Yeah, not. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but I guess I want to say it might be because Laurie Markkinen as of right now is an all star. Like so far this he season, he is a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a problem, and dare I say a bucket. But um, look, that means Utah is. He frankly <laughs> might have that dog in him as well. We're not yeah. sure. Yeah, but but which may, mean you know blah, 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 blah. I'm like. Tongue tied. The point is, that means Utah's not trading him for John Collins <laughs> without more picks or like maybe Jalen Johnson involved. Like, you could go through a dozen different trade scenarios with the Jazz because they have so many players making in that money range, but realistically, probably not happening. At least not now. Maybe if he falls back down to earth a little bit, which to me, honestly, looking at stats, it's not like he's shooting Kevin Herter percent from three. He's shooting 36% <laughs> from three. It's just pure volume, and he's just sort of. He's just sort of hitting his two point shots. Like that's 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 sort of the thing. Oh, he'd be he'd fit great here. There's nothing this team loves more than a contested mid range. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but you know, Laurie Markkinen would be great because he can do some pick and roll, and obviously he can shoot the three at a pretty high volume, pretty consistently well. But that's not happening. Kyle Kuzma most likely not happening. Plus, that's sort of you have a, U, a very important UFA at the end of the year. That's kind of concerning. Um, what are the other ones? The Suns. Jay Crowder is just I'm the Suns don't even want John Collins a salary, so like yeah, it's like yeah. so you know you'd need a third team or something. Um, what like are we you, sending him out on loan to a a, a, a League Two club? <laughs> I mean, that man's that man's being loaned to Mexico City. Um, he's <laughs> he's, he's gonna be playing with the Choa. <laughs> John Collins, welcome to the Fort Wayne Man. It's if, if you can't tell, this puck is being recorded in the midst of the World Cup. Um, anyway, um. I just don't know, Jackson. Like, I can agree that there's seemingly a crossroad sort of situation here. I still have nothing but love for John. Like, I was very upset with him today. I, I did tweet, like, bench him because he was just hurting the team. He should have been bent, frankly. Let's, be, let's keep it real. That's, that's not that's not wrong. That is it, correct. It's it's one it's one thing to miss those shots, some of those turnovers. He got in his own head, basically. He got in his own head and, you know, it is what it is. Whatever. I just don't think a trade can materialize midseason. I think you keep them, and then in the offseason, you have to you have to quit the back and forth shit. You have to trade him, or you have to commit to him. Like you have to do that. So I think midseason, unless a um, miracle trade falls into your lap before February, like like a trade that just makes sense. Because I get John Collins' trade value is probably at its lowest right now. He's just been struggling. Teams know that John is available. Excuse me, sorry. You you're not giving, you know, you're not getting the an equivalent player for uh, for John Collins right now. It is what it is. So in my opinion, you bear with it. If you have to play him a little bit less, you play him a little bit less. If you have to run Hunter at the four, you do it a little bit. Like you need him to just figure out how to shoot the ball again, and then things should be okay. And then in, if in the off season. You kind of just gotta reassess the the whole power forward position because like Jalen Johnson, I'm 
very like he has a lot of talent, but I'm not gonna be like crushed if we trade him. If we traded AJ, I'd be like, you better get Paul George back. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> if you traded J AJ, you better be getting an All Star guy back, and it better be like a package deal. Anyway, it's tough. I don't think a trade happens soon just because nothing makes sense yet. If Utah is struggling, um, two months from now, maybe a month, you know, like six, seven, eight weeks from now, maybe then something works out. Because personally, again, we talked about this a couple podcasts ago. I don't want to do like a John Collins from Malik Beasley plus filler type because I don't want Jalen Johnson or Jared Vanderbilt starting a power forward. I want. I do. I don't know why Vanderbilt, want, not not Johnson. Vanderbilt and Capella is still a spacing issue. I don't care if he's shooting forty percent; he's taking one a game. Okay, I just got to say it. <laughs> I don't care that it's forty percent; it's one one and a half a game. That's well, not, also apparently the Jazz really shooter. like Vanderbilt, so it's like, he's a good, oh, he's a good well. player. He's a good player, but it's like. He's if if he's starting for you, what are you doing? He's starting for the Jazz, Logan. What are they doing? They, yeah, it's a miraculous that they're good. They have a bunch of mediocre role players to good role players. They're not serious, Jackson. They're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs. Are you are so so? What I'm hearing is that you're not a Utah Jazz stand. <laughs> I'm mad they beat us. It's very impressive what they're it, doing. Man. That was annoying. But I don't think they're serious, and I think I think. By January, February, they're going to say, mm, we've already won 27 games. Ooh, we need to tank. We don't want to. Like, why would you win this year when you could win next year? There's Wemby and Scoot. I don't get it. So, yeah, unless January, they February. have Mike Conley. <laughs> yeah. Which, that's the thing. It makes more sense, like, team-wise, based off the teams that seemingly have called. It makes more sense to do a John Collins for a guard, a Conley, a Beasley, um, Landry Shamit. Woo! Um, Yo, that, to be honest, if you're trading John for Mike Conley, you're straight up salary dumping because Conley expires this offseason. Yeah, that's that's that would hurt. But um, look, man, I just don't it's see like it happening. Thirty-six, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still a solid player, but I just you know, with unless Bogey is dead, unless Bogey's knee is disintegrated. We don't need. There's it. no guarantee that it isn't. There's no guarantee yeah, that it yeah. isn't. We don't need Mike Conley, Malik Beasley. Like it's cool and all. Um, I would appreciate the this. shooting. I would appreciate the the shooting. Um, just not the off the court shooting. Yeah, I was about to say insert domestic violence joke here, but that's classless. Um, yeah, no, this is a classful podcast. Yeah, we're um, two men of integrity. But the issue is, we don't. You know, we would need a third team to come in and give us like a decent power forward. And, you know, like. I don't want Jalen Johnson starting. I don't want Hunter starting at power forward yet. If you maybe try and butter him up to be a power forward in the future, maybe. But um, my my thesis, my my uh, my conclusion, Jackson. The John Collins stuff sucks. I do think he'll rebound a little bit. Like I think he'll get to the low thirties percent shooting from three, which is kind of just like we need that. We Meh. we you need take that. that though. Yeah, you need that at this point. Ooh, I need that. <laughs> and unless Capella falls off the cliff in the second half of the season, you you just you gotta figure out a way to move the contract in the offseason solely because at this point you're just doing damage to all parties by, you know. Oh, we're oh, you know, he's available. Oh, we're taking calls. Oh, the the Suns don't even want his contract. Oh, it's like it's just it's it truly is the funniest saga in the NBA though because like when's it gonna end man like I don't know I want to I want to see how it all ends and like I think I know how it ends after after tonight I've never been more sure of how it ends yeah so I'm just I will be very sad if if slash when we trade John I I fingers crossed hope it's a it's a stomachable return you know you get an actual good starting level player back Bo Harkless, welcome back to the Hawks, son. Oh, God. Oh, God. But, look, um, I don't know. We'll see. I still, if if I if I had to bet, if I had to put 100 bucks on it, I would put 100 bucks that he is not traded until the offseason. Just because I don't see any trades that make sense for both teams. And if one thing is clear, Jackson, it's that the Hawks aren't going to completely settle to trade John Collins for scraps. They aren't quite there yet. At what point do you do that? Or at least not mid-season. You would do that in the off-season. You're not going to do that okay, mid-season. Right. You, you don't do that mid-season because well, John Collins is still a good, useful player that helps you win games most nights. No sources. Not tonight. Is that, uh, 
keep, keep those phones near you on December fifteenth. We could see something go down. I'm just I'm getting my hopes right. up. Really, I, I actually, shouldn't. But. Are you just saying this because you want it to happen, or do you actually think like I, did your magical source say something? No, I, no, 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 no. I no this I no I have no source about this. Yeah, and yeah. to be fair, like. There is like rumors about this, like with the Wizards in particular. But like, just want to say, no sources on this. I'm just saying, December fifteenth. I'm saying, I I hope we get a notification because I I genuinely do. I feel different than you about Kuzma. I genuinely believe that Kuzma makes us a way well, better team. Like, I, Kuzma's Kuzma's a good player. I do think we take a step back there on defense, but we take a step forward on offense. We take such a big step forward that it doesn't worry me. And like. Kuzma is exactly what the Hawks are trying have been trying to mold JC into for, for for forever. Like he's able to handle the ball way more confidently. He can sh- shoot. Like imagine like how much Kuzma, how how good Kuzma would look getting passes from Trey. Like this is, I mean, like let's keep it real. His best well, point guard right now. He play with LeBron. Like, <laughs> he did play with LeBron. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I to be honest, that was like three years ago almost. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, he played LeBron. I mean, you know. Mediocre Washington, play, make Washington. LeBron. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's hey, the Lakers ain't doing too hot this year. You know, maybe, maybe there's some luck that year. There's always luck involved, but no, I'm just saying, his, his best playmakers right now are Morris and uh, Bradley Bill. Like, come on now, like Trey Young <laughs> and Dejounte Murray. Those uh, they put them guys to, and also people don't shoot in the bright lights of LA. You know, that's a thing. You get to come to the Hawks, good old Southern home cooking. Mm. Getting passes from Trey Young. You know, yeah, Kuzma's from Utah. You know who else is from Utah? John Collins. You know who's going to be on Utah soon? John Collins. Anyways. Jared, Vanderbilt, off into these tr- Jared Vanderbilt's down to 37% from three. Hate to say it. <laughs> he literally probably, he missed probably one three in that night. <laughs> yeah. He shot like 15 on the year. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Wasn't even an actual three. He voided from half court. 37% for you. All right. You ready to talk about these trade rumors? Uh, you lead the way. I don't think any of them are substantial enough to really d- dive into. But yeah, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, I, d- I just want to see if there's anything of interest when I talk about. All right, so I do want to say before I read these off, these are from Jake Fisher, you know, Bleacher Report. Well, he's not on Bleacher Report anymore. He's on Yahoo Sports now. Um, he was like one of the first people on the Dejounte Murray stuff. He stayed consistent to it. He said that it was going to happen even when it looked like the Hawks weren't going to do anything, and it ended up happening. So I personally, you know. I decided to hold him in like a, a tier lower than Woj and uh, Shams. I mean, he obviously has a source with the Hawks or something or something going on. So, uh, yeah, let's break this down. It's from his article. It's about it's called Trade Intel. It mentions John Collins in the title specifically. Um, the Jazz's interest in John Collins is real. We knew the Shams reported this last week on his TV show, if you kept an eye out on that. Um, at this point, the likelihood of John going to Utah seems low. Atlanta approached the Jazz about a John Collins marketing trade proposal, but it did not gain any traction. So I don't know if that's a straight up swap because, of course, it's not going to accept it or if it was like JC package. It doesn't say. So that's just what it is. Uh, it mentioned Mike Conley's salary being a direct match for Collins. Um, he says that Beasley is the best player that the Hawks, that the Jazz have that the Hawks would get back for Collins in, a, in any deal. So I think that kind of rules out like marketing Clarkson. And I don't, I don't I'm probably forgetting someone. Um, this one is about a uh, th- me and you knew this one. Like I think I think we even did like a scoop episode about this. There was real interest with the Hawks and the Kings last year before the draft. I mean I think like I mean I personally had a source on that one and we talked about that on here. Um, the Wizards had legitimate interest before the deadline last year, but ended up getting KP um, Chris Asprezingas, of course. Uh, like I said earlier, the Suns have no desire and take on JC contract. It comes from this article. The Hawks are still in the mix for Jay Crowder. Mm. Uh, Justin Holiday is in quotes. Someone to keep an eye on this oh, trade season. Yeah, that, that's another thing, Jackson. We need to trade Justin Holiday for uh, a similarly paid role player that'll actually do something for us at this point. It's very clear, like, damn near no point in playing Justin Holiday. Trade him for another role player that makes that small amount of money that may contribute something for us. Anyway, sorry, sorry to like cut you off. Million, so I've, you yeah, know, I feel like you can get someone average. You can get somebody that plays... Because, like, when Bogey comes back, Justin Holiday's never seen the floor without injuries. Like, it's just not going to happen. So, yeah. Might as, might as well see if you can swap him for somebody, you know? Yeah. So, keep your eye on Justin Holiday with trade rumors, especially with the AJ, with the AJ Griffin emergence. And, uh, I mean, Justin Holiday is like a really big connection with Nate. I, that's not a surprise for anyone, but it looks like he might be one of the people on his way out first. And then the last thing is that Atlanta, like other teams, hasn't found a direct deal with Phoenix or Crowder after months of contact. So nothing like really on the trade front, a lot of like 
self-confirming what we knew about the John Collins situation pertaining to Sacramento. I think like someone confirming that the Wizards had interest. Like we knew the Wizards had interest at the all season this year, but apparently that interest has been ever since the trade deadline where they got Porzingis. But I mean, there's, there's some things in there that are interesting. We talked a lot about the jazz when we did like the John Collins segment specifically, but there's nothing. I, I guess my takeaway from this is the first thing I'll say is if you trade for Mike Conley in a John Collins deal, you're sure up salary dumping John Collins, which um, I don't know. It, I, I get it because I, depending on how you see JC, I feel like you ever you either see his contract as like good, average, or just straight up bad. It depends on where, where you're at with JC at this point. But I don't know. You would have to send me a lot with Mike Conley. Like I, I know, I know Utah has some picks. I'm gonna I'm gonna be leaving that table with something. With all due respect, I'm not I'm not here just to you know swap JC and Conley so I can get off with money. Like I, JC's a good player still, despite you know how much I'd be hating on him. Um. I don't think the Kings come back for JC. I think the Hawks are probably going to stay away from trading with the Kings with a 10-foot pole from now on. Uh, that return they got for Herder was pretty brutal. And, uh, yeah, I mean, still in the mix for Jay Crowder. That's not really surprising. I don't, I don't know. I kind of feel like that's more of like a Suns. Teams are just waiting on the Suns to blink at this point. Like, there's obviously... He also mentioned, like, in the article, I didn't talk about this because it doesn't pertain to us, but he mentioned, like, like, uh, like last week... Jay Crowder posted something like there was almost a deal. That was a three-team trade that involved uh, Grayson Allen, which, you know, for Crowder or something like that in a three-team deal. He didn't say the specific, but yeah. I mean, Crowder could happen. There is a route to Crowder happening, in particular with Justin Holiday and the trade exception of either Mo Harkless or Kevin Herter. Reminder, you can't combine trade exceptions, so you can only do one. And that does get you to the salary required for a Jay Crowder trade. But the issue there is, is that that's not... Jay Crowder may not be playing for the Suns, but the Suns have no reason just to give him up to give him up. Like, this isn't a situation where it's like, oh, best of luck, little buddy. It's like, I mean, the Suns, they're trying to win a championship. They're not, they're not, they're not going to let you get a free one on them because they're trying to be nice to someone. So, yeah, that's all for that article. Logan, you have any takeaways? Uh, look, if, if the Suns will take Justin Holiday and a couple seconds for Jay Crowder, I'll do it. Other than that, meh. Like, that that article is basically why I think your John Collins isn't getting traded until the offseason. because unless something in one of these teams like mindsets or plans changes drastically, there's just nothing that makes sense. And you know you can you can say that the Hawks have just overplayed their hand with the JC stuff and it's hurt their leverage so poorly. You can give them some amount of credit though. They at least have not accepted scraps for him at least not yet. And it seems like they are not going to just take scraps for him. If they trade John Collins, they're, they're going to get a deal that they are okay with. They're not going to take, you know, basically the Kevin Herter deal of uh, what uh, much worse, uh, maybe not much worse, but a worse player, a uh, fake pick, mediocre pick, and whatever extra salary. They they want, like, decent players, maybe some picks, etc. So um, that's why I think it happens in the offseason, and it's probably for the best because John Collins, maybe he – rebounds a little bit and either one makes it work a little bit better with Capella this season. And you know, that, that obviously would help the team win more. There's nothing wrong with that. I think we all would be happy with that. And two, maybe byproducts, maybe his trade value rebounds a little bit. Then, you know, in the off season, if, if we are still so desperate to get it, get it off, then it becomes easier. So yeah, John Collins saga never ends. I think, uh, I think this one's lasting until June or July, at, at least, once again. But who knows? I, I've been wrong plenty of times before. I'll, I'll probably be wrong again. So <laughs> if I'm ever right, I'll I'll, I'll let y'all know if I'm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Logan, you have anything else to say about the Hawks? We've been going for almost an hour now. Um, Yeah, that, that really, that kind of, the John Collins saga is just, it's a, it's a tale as all the time. Yeah. Um. It's been a constant ever since we started the podcast, so, like, whenever it's over, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. Like, this has always been like, oh, this is easy content. John calls trade rumors every month. But now it's like, easy content. Like, we're actually going to have to, like, think of stuff whenever it actually happens. If it does ever, ha- ever happen, because who knows at this point. I, I, I wish we had more clarity on if it's going to happen or if it's yeah. not. All, I wish they'd commit to something. Yeah, that's kind of fair. The only thing left I have to say is just, uh, I'm pretty happy with how the Hawks have handled this tough part of the schedule. I, uh, they, what do we say right before the season, Jackson? They need to win four or five of the first five, and then they need to stay afloat for the next month and then take advantage of the bad teams. That's exactly what they did. They won four of the first five. Then over the next two weeks, they literally stayed afloat. They, I think the last 13 games, 
Um, so we're 11 and seven. So yeah, the last 13 games since that four and one start, we went seven and six. That's like the epitome of staying afloat. That's that's just how you do it. That's that's very well done. The losses were ugly at times, admittedly. Um, the wins sometimes got ugly, but I'm pretty happy with how they're playing. Hopefully, we beat the crap out of the Rockets on Friday. Um, get to 12 and seven, and then we got the uh, what do we got? I know we have the Heat. We have the Heat at home, and then a road game in, in Philly. But Philly is in shambles with injuries right now, so that game could be and somehow still beat the Nets. The Nets are weird, man. The Nets are. God, how do you have? I don't know. I don't know. Weird team. Weird team. I I kind of I kind of wish they trade as Royce O'Neal. I'm I'm gonna keep it a buck. I mean, I know he's kind of too small for a power forward. Royce O'Neal for Justin Holiday? We rocking with that? Oh my God, I would do that in a fucking heartbeat. I would give them the. I think I'd give them the Kings pick. I'm pretty. You sure. know, a lot of Hawks fans they want us to sign Tony Snell. That's I. I swear uh, you go you go on the subreddit. People are like, we need Tony Snell. Tony Snell is like the X factor. <laughs> That, that, that is deranged. Um, anyway. And people say I'm a sicko when it comes to getting new players. Like, I know, right? I just stay in the trade machine. I'm not I'm not out here looking at free agency signings for Tony Snell. Carmelo Anthony. That is crazy. The Royce O'Neal is on uh, nine mil a year. I mean, look, if, if, yeah. if they want to get a pick back, I would absolutely do Justin Holiday. I think I'd do the Kings pick. Honestly, I think I would. I we'd have to send a little bit more. I think we'd also have to send like maybe Vic Krejci, maybe. Uh, oh no! Anyways, <laughs> maybe Tyrese, uh, uh, Tyrese Martin, maybe something like that. Yeah, I mean, just do uh, trade holiday exception. And just do holiday for Royce and Allen, then throwing John Holland and Ben Simmons. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, no. But anyway. All right. Um, I like that. I like that idea. Hey, maybe, 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 maybe if the Nets keep sucking fire sale, look, we probably won't be in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. I, we wouldn't gain much from Kyrie Irving. Royce O'Neal. Keep that guy away. (laughs) Royce O'Neal though. Royce O'Neal's a pretty solid player. Joe Harris would be interesting. Um, I hate his contract, but obviously his, his, his whole game. No, no, we have enough Virginia players on this team. No more. We can't take any more. Joe Harris went to Virginia. Yeah, oh, Joe Harris did. I didn't. I didn't know that. Never really cared, honestly. Yeah, Never really. Yeah, I mean, we reached we reached our quote on that one. And uh, Kyrie, we definitely can't take. I, we already I, have a few. Uh, I I, yeah, I would, I'm not back to the joke. I would honestly rather watch ISIS videos on Live Leak than watch college basketball. <laughs> <laughs> what college basketball do to you? Be boring. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't even. Wait, th- did you? Wait, 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 wait. Random question. During your whole time as a student at UGA, you ever go to a basketball game like of any kind? I went to a couple, but unfortunately, I graduated like six months before Anthony Edwards played his first game there. Oh, yeah, that was unfortunate. And uh, you know, gotta keep in mind, I also graduated two years before they won the Natty. Finally, I was there when they lost the Natty, though. So you know, that's fun. But I also. I also graduated before COVID hit, so you know you take your wins, you take your losses. But yeah, I I went to maybe three games. I mean, I I, I mean I don't know if this is uh, uncovering new lore, Jackson. I don't think I talked about this on podcast, but I worked for UGA basketball, not not specifically basketball, but I worked with the. Uh, it was like I forget the their event marketing team, like you know those people that would throw the T-shirts. You know those people. What? Like, I was throwing a T-shirt, Jackson. I was throwing T-shirts. Did you ever shoot a T-shirt gun? Did you ever shoot a T-shirt gun? Uh, no, because I had a cannon of an oh. arm, so I could. I was just throw them. Oh. I, I did softball. I did basketball. I did some baseball. I did some gymnastics. I did track. I was throwing T-shirts. I was. I was signing people up. I was giving them their programs. I uh, UJ basketball does a thing where they'll give out pizzas to the student section. I would hand out pizzas. Yeah, I. I, I you I, ever take one for yourself? Uh, no, they did give us lunch, so I'm sure, or oh, slash dinner, so I'm sure, you know, we had pizza, but, um, it was not the best pizza. I, I was not too enticed to take any extra, you know, it's, it was like off brand, like, honestly, it may have been frozen that they cooked and put in a oh. box. I don't remember. It was, it was probably like Papa John's or whatever sponsor, you know, UJ has, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I guess that's new lore. Yeah. I, I did go to actually multiple UGA men's basketball and women's games because I was uh, technically it's not working it's volunteering so yeah if you ever if you ever caught a t-shirt in the 2018 um, UGA basketball season uh, for pretty much any sport there's a uh, probably about a 10% chance that came from my 
beautiful howitzer of her right arm, ladies and gentlemen. So keep that in mind. All right. How was it got me crying? All right. Yeah. No, the Hawks are in a good spot. Let's win some games. Let, let's blow some people out, to be honest. Like, I'm tired of these little baby wins. That's like, oh, yeah, the other two could have came in. No, I want us to stomp I, some people out. If I'm I want play. a game where Trey and DeJounte both can hit shots. Like, I want one game like that. Both of them can I hit want us shots. to beat the Houston Rockets so bad. They have, they, I want us to make them fire their coach, to be honest. I know. I know. Yeah, that's kind of toxic, but. You know, hey, it is what it is. Anyways, we do want to just say thank you to listening to the Alt Song Podcast and supporting us as always. Do want to say happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. We hope you have a good one with your friends and loved ones. But hey, if you don't, that's cool too. You can just listen to the Hawks Hawk Podcast and like eat Burger King because they're open on Thanksgiving. Word from the wise. Um. Anyways, be sure to check out the description. You can find our Patreon. Why did we know that? We have a, I'm so sorry for. It's you. like a. It used to be a family tradition. To be honest, oh, okay. like we. Okay, okay. Yeah. But now, now we actually eat like Thanksgiving food. In quotations. Um. Anyways. Yeah, just check out the Wonder description. Story. You can find the link to our Patreon, patreon.com slash hawksocks. Sign up today, you know, optional. Uh, find the links to our Twitters. We tweet out a lot. Some of it is just funny. Some of it's actual analysis, though. And then finally, use code hawksocks on betteredge.com. <laughs> uh, more info about that soon. Anyways, I just want to say thank you for listening. Have a ha- happy, happy Thanksgiving. Love you. Goodbye.